What's good, everyone? It's Jordan Beckett, and now host of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast, and we are just a few hours away from opening the floodgates of free agency. A whole lot of rumors, a lot of talk going on over the past couple of weeks, and now, as of 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, we'll finally see uh, how much movement there is going to be around the league. We already have some, given some of the uh, recent trades, the huge ones, of course, Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis, Chris Paul, among other notable names. Uh, this morning, news breaking that uh, the Indiana Pacers are close to trading Chris Duarte to the Sacramento Kings for draft compensation. It's a great get for Sacramento. Duarte, pretty disappointing his second year in the league. Uh, eight points a game, two and a half rebounds, one assist per game on 37, 31, 84 splits. He played behind rookie Benedict Matherin, he, who put up uh, 16 points a game on 43% shooting from the field, 32% from three, 82% from the free throw line. With this move, Duarte now more than likely assumes a starting or at least a prominent role under head coach Mike Brown in his rotation over in Sacktown. Uh, but he really should bounce back on a young, promising contender. And on the Pacers side of things, they're looking to add quite a few notable names in free agency. They're reportedly in the running for Denver Nuggets guard Bruce Brown, who I'll talk about later. Uh, Kyle Kuzma of the Wizards was another name mentioned. So uh, Indiana really hunting for big fish in free agency. Let's see if that, uh, if those, if any of those rumors uh, become true. And in the midst of all this player movement and rumors, there's also quite a few on the media side as well. ESPN this morning laying off up to 20 on-air personalities, according to the New York Post. They released a statement saying, quote, Given the current environment, ESPN has determined it necessary to identify some additional cost savings in the area of public-facing commentator salaries, and that process has begun. A lot of notable names uh, being laid off from ESPN this morning, including Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, Susie Kolber, and Max Kellerman, among the personalities affected. So the media landscape over at ESPN changing just as much as the NBA is. Uh, so we'll have to see what becomes of those who, who have been laid off their next opportunities. Of course, best of luck to them, but also uh, how ESPN recoups from uh, from this latest situation. And even before free agency begins, we already have a good idea of some players who will be sticking around with their current teams. Nas Reed and the Minnesota Timberwolves agreed to a three-year, $42 million extension. Harrison Barnes agreeing to stay with the Sacramento Kings on a three-year, $54 million extension. Uh, Josh Hart, he opted into his player option with the New York Knicks. Uh, one year, about $12 million. He's also eligible, reportedly, for a four-year, $81 million contract extension after July 6th. The Lakers are accepting uh, Jared Vanderbilt's one-year, $4.7 million team option. He could also be eligible for an extension uh, that's worth up to four years and $71 million come September 6th. Moving on to the notable free agents, and boy, are there many of them. The biggest one, arguably, being Kyrie Irving. He averaged 27 points, five rebounds, five assists for the Dallas, or over the course of this season, uh, between the uh, Brooklyn Nets and Dallas Mavericks, uh, all while shooting 49% from the field, 38 from three, 90 from the free throw line. 
Uh, he's more than likely staying with the Dallas Mavericks on a new deal and a huge one at that. Uh, but he is looking for a more long-term destination, possibly his final one before he rides off into the sunset. Who knows, Dallas could be that team. Chris Middleton, uh, he played pretty well for the Bucks. Uh, 15 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists in the regular season on 45-31-90 splits. Turned it, up in, turned it up in the playoffs despite their first round exit. 24 points a game, 6 rebounds, 6 assists on 46-40-86 splits. He declined a player option, reportedly worth $40 million, and he's definitely returning to the Bucks on a more long-term deal. And speaking of players trying to stay with their current teams in the long term, Draymond Green, similar situation with the Warriors. He played his role exceptionally well, 8 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists per game on 52-30-71 splits. Uh, pretty similar production in the playoffs, 9-7-7. Seven, and seven. Uh, He's, again, another example of a standout role player looking to remain with his current team. Golden State, obviously they cannot afford Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green on three massive salaries, especially with that new collective bargaining bargaining agreement uh, coming up. More on that later. So some sacrifices might have to be made, and that possibly coming in the form of a pay cut for Draymond Green. Fred Van Vliet with the Toronto Raptors. He put up 19 points and 7 assists per game on 49-34-90 splits. The return of the Raptors seems pretty slim. They have a very uncertain future. Uh, they've been stuck in purgatory ever since the 2019 championship. They just hired a new head coach, let go of Nick Nurse. The Houston Rockets could be a uh, could be a front runner for Van Vliet Services, shifting towards him instead of a reunion with James Harden. Brooke Lopez with the Milwaukee Bucks. He averaged 16 points and seven rebounds, also two and a half blocks per game. Uh, in the playoffs, he turned it up. 19 points a game and 6 rebounds per game. He's been a defensive anchor for Milwaukee, one of the best defenders in the league this year. Again, he could return to the Bucks, uh, but a reunion with a certain team could also be in the cards. We'll have to wait and see. And finally, Bruce Brown. Of course, I talked about last episode how he was crucial for the Denver Nuggets in their championship run. Uh, in the regular season, he was pretty solid. 11 points a game. 4 rebounds, 3 assists on 48-35-85 splits. Playoffs played his role exceptionally well. 12 points and 4 rebounds per game. Uh, Denver can only bring him back for about $8 million a year on his next contract. As I mentioned last time around, he's been a standout player on both ends. Brings, it, brings his A game every single time down. Relentless player on the court. One of the best. Uh, huge effort guy. But... Um, yeah, coming back to Denver, not necessarily likely. He's meeting with a lot of teams, actually, who could be in use of his services next season. And now moving on to some of the teams to watch in free agency. Of course, you have the ones with a lot of cap space. The Kings, Thunder, Pacers, Pistons, and Jazz, among others. But there are also squads with uh, some very interesting situations to really keep an eye on uh, during free agency. The first one, of course, being the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden, not happy over there in the city of brotherly love. Uh, he doesn't. He reportedly, according to the Athletic, doesn't like how the Sixers handled his uh, recent uh, contract negotiations and uh, was not feeling it over in Philly, for sure. And now, as a result, him and GM Daryl Morey are looking for a trade. 
The Clippers and Knicks are among the teams interested, but, but according to the Athletics' Kelly Iko, he reported late last night, around 11 o'clock, this report came out, that James Harden wants to join the Clippers. Yeah. Very, very uh, surprising stuff here. Um, given the Clippers' current situation, it'd be him, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George forming yet another big three over in L.A. Um, we'll have to wait and see if that deal actually materializes, what the Clippers could actually give up. Um, if Philadelphia is interested in, again, surrounding Joel Embiid with uh, pieces from that James Harden trade. Um, a very interesting situation. But you also have to consider, I'm pretty sure the New York Knicks could pull off a better offer if uh, they're also very serious about acquiring James Harden and really going to the next level. Two teams, one that could offer a probably a better trade package, maybe significantly better trade package for Harden than the other. But James Harden aside, where do the Sixers go from here? They haven't been past the second round in quite some time, and is Joel Embiid really willing to sit through yet another year of change, big ones at that, uh, for another shot in, at an NBA title? And for all we know, if Tyrese Maxey winds up staying with Philadelphia, or whoever they receive in a trade um, for Harden, uh, is Maxey ready to take over as the primary facilitator? Indicators point to yes, that he is but you really never know. Moving on to the uh, LA teams that are really ones to watch in free agency. The Lakers, I've been talking about this for a long time, they're trying to keep the core together while potentially bringing in some new faces. They extended qualifying offers to Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, which means that they can match and even double some rival offers going over the cap to retain two young players who were incredible during their run to the Western Conference Finals. They're also eyeing Bruce Brown and Brooke Lopez in free agency. They waived Mo Bamba and declined Malik Beasley's uh, $16 million team option, which gives them full control of the $12 million mid-level exception, that or the taxpayer mid-level exception, assuming they go into the luxury tax, which is pretty likely. There's also a good chance they bring back D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder, two point guards who played really well for them. Uh, this past season, and uh, for the most part, in the playoff run as well. On the Clippers side of things, again, that James Harden rumor late last night really makes things interesting because last episode I was talking about how they might have to blow it up, as in, you know, Paul George and or Kawhi Leonard, one or both of them get moved, the tandem splits up, but now it looks like they're trying again with uh, James Harden and whatever shipping off whatever assets they have to uh, to get him. In uh, non-trade news for the Clippers, they did decline uh, Eric Gordon's option, so they're not going to bring him back, so he has a lot of interest on the market. And as of this morning, uh, big man Evita Zubats is reportedly in trade rumors for the right price uh, from the Clippers. So a lot of movement from both LA teams in an attempt to... Uh, get back to, well, for the Lakers, get back to glory for the Clippers to actually get there for the first time. The Phoenix Suns, again, another team to watch. Uh, after the Bradley Beal trade, a lot of questions about how they're filling out the rest of the roster. Um, if they're looking for, they're, they are probably going to be looking for veteran minimum players, 
or worst case scenario, their scouts are going to have to pull up to the local YMCA for uh, for the rest of their bench. Um, head coach Frank Vogel has also poached most of his staff from when he was on the Lakers um, to join him in Phoenix. So that's another pretty interesting development. But the Suns, their biggest concern uh, this offseason is going to be depth and how they shore up around the edges with uh, KD, Booker, and Beal at the helm. The Houston Rockets, they're a young core on the rise, really looking to add some talent who can fit into new head coach Ime Udoka's system. Um, they have been developing, of course, Jalen Green, Alperen Shangun, Jabari Smith Jr. They just drafted Amen Thompson. So now they're looking for, I believe it was, uh, some quality wing players to join them. And of course, you can't, uh, it doesn't hurt to have quite a few veterans who can play their roles exceptionally well. Uh, so Houston, look for them to be very active in hoping to accelerate their rebuild. The Denver Nuggets, I said this before, I'll say it again. The champs have to make some changes. If they want to defend their title, and uh, they're probably going to lose Bruce Brown unless he takes that $8 million salary, um, we'll have to wait and see what direction they go into. Of course they want to keep the core together. I'm sure that's what any championship team wants to do. But uh, they got to get a reality check first in that some of their key players, Bruce Brown among them, might not be able to uh, return. It'll be very intriguing to see how Denver patches up that hole, among others. And finally, the Portland Trailblazers. Looks like it's another year of Dame time. They want to surround him with win-now talent, but can they deliver on their promise is the huge question. They just waived uh, a young forward named Trendon Watford, so now they do have a few roster spots open, possibly to bring back multiple players back in a trade. That's what some fans are hoping for. But at the end of the day, Portland is staying true to their word and uh, trying to surround Damian Lillard with the talent he needs to compete for a championship. And finally, there's been a lot of talk about the brand new collective bargaining agreement and what that means for NBA free agency. So if you remember back in uh, April, the NBA and the NBPA, uh, National Basketball Players Association, reached an agreement on the new CBA which is now in effect until 2030. So among the provisions that relate to free agency are the second tax apron. So if teams are 17.5 million above the luxury tax threshold, that means quite a few things. That has a significant impact for what those teams can do. For starters, the mid-level exception, that's like $12 million, that's gone. You also can't take back more salary in a trade than what you're sending out. So if you're sending out, let's say, what, $20 million in salary, you're probably not going to be able to take back $30 million or $27 million in return. You can't trade first-round picks that are seven years out, like a 2030 or 2031 first-round pick. Teams are also unable to trade cash in a deal, which essentially means you can't buy draft picks. And finally, teams cannot sign buyout players during the season. In terms of contract extensions, veteran extensions are now worth 140% of a player's previous salary instead of 120% last time around. And also salary cap raises have been capped at 10% each year. So that tax apron is the really intriguing part about all of this. That's the main reason why uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of salary dump trades where teams create massive um, 
trade exceptions. Their main goal is to obviously not get into the luxury tax, pay a hefty uh, bill as a result of that. Uh, the biggest example of a salary dump trade was one that just happened pretty recently. The Atlanta Hawks finally traded John Collins away to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay and a uh, future, I believe it was a second round pick. But what that did was uh, it created two massive um, trade exceptions for the Hawks to use. So they can take in um, some salary without having to send some more players out. So that's the uh, flexibility they now have in terms of uh, these types of salary dump trades. So that's one um, one motivation for teams to engage in such a move. But the bottom line is a lot of teams are going to try to avoid those penalties that I mentioned uh, when you go that deep into the luxury tax. So expect a lot of head-scratching moves, or at least quite a few of those, throughout the course of free agency. And speaking of changes related to the 2023-24 NBA season, we just got potentially some more. Shams reporting that the uh, NBA Board of Governors will vote on July 11th to approve two changes that would begin in the 2023-24 season. An in-game penalty for flops resulting in a technical foul free throw that's going to be on a trial basis, and a second coach's challenge awarded if the first challenge is successful. Uh, off the top of my head, these two changes seem pretty solid. Um, the league obviously wants to reduce the amount of flopping, going on in the league now they have potentially a way to enforce that and the second coach's challenge I'm really on board with that because once the first challenge is successful you really don't get uh, much out of that if it's if it's used early if it's used late obviously there's a lot more value if it's used later um, because it's gonna be a more pivotal call but the second coach challenge if the first one is successful could really have uh, a solid impact on uh, on the game. So yeah, two changes that could be coming to the NBA next season when the uh, Board of Governors votes on it in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see if those two changes exactly are approved. And with that, that's a wrap on this 2023 NBA free agency primer. Hopefully that gave you guys a better understanding of the landscape around the league so far, uh, I look forward to free agency every single year. This one, no different, especially with all the talk that's been going on. We'll just have to see if uh, there's any smoke behind the fire of some of these rumors and just how big some of these moves are. I'll be back to recap it all uh, relatively soon, but until then, I'm Jordan Pekovinawa, and this has been the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. See you guys on the next one. Stay safe, stay healthy, be well, peace. Thank you.